to the Mental More Mindset Podcast. I'm Yaa. As a peak performance coach and lifestyle architect, I help women who are ready to reach their next level, eliminate negative self-talk and break through what's been holding them back so they can have clarity, confidence and prosperity in their career and lifestyle. This podcast is to empower you with a Mental More Mindset and help you reach your next level so you can uncover your purpose, reclaim your power and reach your potential. This means no longer living by default but dreaming big and pushing yourself to be, do and have more. I want everyone to know that change is possible, that you are not alone, and there is an alternative way forward, because when you change your mind, it will change your life. Hi everybody, and welcome to the next episode of the Meant for More Mindset with me, Yar. Today, I have a returnee, I have the amazing Dion back with us, and um, Dion, please introduce yourself and tell us a little bit about you once again. Hi everyone. Uh, first of all, yeah, thank you so much for having me back. Um, I'm Dion. You guys know me as the founder of Love Learns from the first episode um, that we did together. Um, I'm currently on a break from Love Learns, um, just looking after myself um, and still doing things in the background for Love Learns, but just not as active on social media and um, on the podcast at the moment, um, just to kind of ground myself and be in a place where I feel um, I'm comfortable to go with consistency when I go back into um, producing more podcasts and producing more work for Love Learns. Um, So at the moment, I'm kind of like in a quiet um, receiving mode rather than Give, giving, giving, giving. Um, so that's a little bit about me at the moment. I love that. So we're going to get into that a little bit more in a minute. But before we do, please tell us something interesting about yourself that most people don't know. And it can't be the same thing you said last time. Ooh, I think the, the last time I said about um, traveling the traveling to each continent to, to volunteer, um, another thing would be... Um, I actually lived in Ghana for four years from the age of four to eight. Um, And those were some crucial times in my understanding of love, relationships and just life um, until I came back to the UK um, and figured out I wasn't doing life the way I wanted to be doing life. But it didn't click for me until I was much older Um, and it kind of all stemmed from there and there was a lot of fear and um, yeah fear that came from that that time of my life um, that I carried on into my life and up until maybe I was 28. Um, So yeah that's one thing a lot of people don't know. I had a short period of time in Ghana before I came back to me. You've given us so much to uh, talk about already. Oh, so let's um, let's talk about Ghana and the formative years then. Um, so tell us your story and how you got to where you are now on a personal level. On a personal level, okay. Um, so I, I was born in born in London. Um, uh, at the at the beginning of my life, so like the first, I think six months, I, I worked it out to be six months. Um, my dad was actually away um, for travel, and um, he was working during that time. So that his job is a um, civil engineer. So he used to be on the ships 
a lot of the time. So when I when I was born, he wasn't actually here. He was away, but he came back six months later. Um, and I think that also contributed to some of my ideas about relationships as well, which we'll get into. But um, when I when I was born, it was just me and my brother at first. Um, and we used to go to visit my dad on the ships um, and just kind of like travel with him for a bit and then come back to the UK. So we used to have like long holidays with him. Um, and I started nursery when I was here and ballet class when I was here when I was four, um, uh, just like three-ish four. Um, and then when I turned four and a half, we moved to Ghana. Um, but to be fair, before we went to Ghana, I do remember my life being full of joy. Um, I had, like, I used to go to nursery um, in Beckton, and there was always a sense of, like, I felt like a relational person. I've, I've always been a relational person. And one thing I do remember from that time was my best friend at the time, um, her mum had just passed away from from cancer during that time. And um, when I like when I went to school that day, um, she, her dad had just dropped her off and I was coming in. I was running late, like usual. <laughs> um, and um, when I got, when we got to the gates, my mum saw her dad and her dad was like, can you please go in like quite quickly because she's quite like upset and frustrated right now. So I think her seeing you would will really cheer her up kind of thing. So I went in and I remember us just playing and just having a good time. Um, so when I left to go to Ghana, I really felt like I had abandoned that person, even though like we can't, like there was nothing I could have done in that moment because I was so young. Um, I think I held on to it at the moment. At that time, I didn't know. I didn't have the words to put to it what it was, but um, I felt it in my body that like I'm, I'm doing something wrong, but it was kind of like, I have to do what my parents say at this point. Um, I'm three years, three, four years old. I don't know what's best for me. They do. So I just went with them and I trusted them. So that's what I was doing. But at the same time, I had it in my soul that I've left someone behind. Um, so I think that was the start of what I was saying, like the start of the fear and the start of um, feeling like, I hadn't like I had I had done something wrong. I'd done something that wasn't according to my my will kind of thing. Not my will, but you know what I mean. Like it just didn't fit well. Um, so at that age, I kind of like just got on got on with it. We moved to Ghana, and that is when I I was still a relational person. I got on with all my friends and stuff. Um, and then when I was about six I had to move into from a school that I knew which was my aunt's school um, I had to move from there into like a big school um, and that big school came with a lot of trauma um, which I've put I can point out now because um, I've gone through therapy and I can talk about it now but back then it was um, it was really harsh schooling and like they expected you to get it straight away just be in a place where you understood understood what they were saying to you straight off the bat whereas I'm at the time I didn't know this but I'm more of a kinetic learner so the more I do things the more I understand what 
like why I'm doing it, what it means um, and understanding. So like at that time, I didn't know my that skill was mine. So I was just listening, going to class and have no idea what's, what's going on, come home. And then my mom would be like, how's school? I'm like, yeah, it's fine. And then the next day they would like test us on something they, they taught about us the day before. And I would, I had no idea what, what was what was said so it, it looked like I was very slow in school um but I just wasn't being taught in the way that I could understand um and because of that when you get things wrong in, in that in those times you would get a cane in the hand or in the butt or whatever um and that went on for a long time because I was considered slow at learning it took a while for me to learn how to um make myself invisible let's just put it that way I tried to hide instead of voicing out what I wanted to say and a lot of the times that's how I was reacting to things I would just keep quiet I won't say anything unless I was spoken to and even if I was spoken to I would try and um go around the subject as much as possible before I figured out what I needed to say um so I I learned that from a very young age um and carried it into my 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 adult life um which I kept on doing and kept on doing <laughs> um but when I moved back to London when I was eight um I was I was I had so much fear around learning that when I went to school every time there was a paper or um a test or anything which was like assessment based I would freak out and start crying um and there was one teacher who was a South African teacher um and because of her I started to learn that I was in a safe space like this is safe school is safe you don't have to feel like you're gonna get hit for doing something for not getting something right this is we're gonna teach you out of this we're gonna help you through it and they did and I had like extra classes um and um someone assist me like during exams and stuff um just so that I was learning the way that I knew how to learn um they still hadn't figured out what my learning style was but they worked with me to try and um see what how I was remembering things and try to repeat those things but they didn't really know what the actual learning style was um I only knew my learning style when I was in sixth form which was the last year of of school um and a guy came into uh like he was a coach came into our school and basically told us um like gave us some quizzes and um called us out to the front called me out to the front actually I was the only one that went to the front um because he wanted to volunteer so I volunteered went up and um he he asked me some questions and based on my eye movements he could tell what kind of um learner I was so he told me oh you're a kinetic and I was like oh like what does that mean kind of thing and he went into detail with the class what each one meant and from then on, I kind of realized, oh, so I'm more of a practical person. So all the courses that I need to do from here on need to be practical um, so that I can I can get into whatever I need to do and how I'm going to do it. Um, so I just need to find practical ways of doing things for me to learn. Um, and I was like, OK, cool. Now that I know that I, at this point, I had tried the academic for so long and it just kept on whipping me in the back but because I would go in and 
just try and try and take memorize as much as possible and then go into exams and just write exams and in a levels that doesn't work because you need to know like the parameters behind things and all that kind of thing so when I went into a levels didn't pass much kept on failing and that's when in my last interview I told you guys that's when my lupus started to appear um it when was when I was in a level and there was so much stress um around learning um so from then on I kind of realized okay I need to do something a little bit more um practical so that's when I got into accounts um from the last podcast as well we spoke about that um and since then I've kind of been on a journey trying to unlearn some of the things that have got me to a place where I felt like I needed to please people because I was taught that from a young age that I needed to go against my instinct go against my gut feelings and just kind of go with who I trusted so that resulted to me in me not trusting myself um and now that I've grown up and gone through therapy and studying to be a therapist which is more therapy than probably even being in therapy um I've started to realize where all these little um events have kind of shaped me and how it's kind of how it's it was a coping mechanism in those times but now those tools are not serving me so I need to find another way to do things that actually serve me in this moment and that's the journey I'm on at the moment and had to take a break from Love Learns because I was pouring into it thinking the more I do this the more um, I'm going to be seen the more I'm going to be validated but I had to realize that validation only comes from me Um, and yes I love doing those things but at the same time I can't expect my YouTube numbers to tell me that I'm valuable I need to know that for myself so even if those numbers are low I can still be moving forward in life knowing that I've done what my gut instinct and trust in myself in those moments kind of thing oh my gosh thank you so much for that wow that was a lot to take in um one of the things that you mentioned was um your lupus flared up around the time that you started having stresses um at school so do you think the two are connected Oh, 100%. Um, the lupus, we, to this day, we still don't know what triggers lupus, what what brings it up. Um, but science has shown people with a higher level of stress levels tend to have, um, like the stressful lifestyles, tend to have lupus or some sort of immune um, disorder. Um, and the lupus, I think it's shaped as lupus because it was happening during a time of... Um, a time of hormonal changes as well. There was a lot of hormonal changes going on in my life at that age. So it happened at 14. At 14, um, I was going through the SATs um, period. And yes, I did well in SATs because I pushed myself so much that it transpired that I I did um, better than I would have. Um, But my body ended up suffering from it because it wasn't in alignment with what I was doing um my body was just kind of like being dragged along and I think when I got to 14 it kind of like needed me to stop and it literally made me stop (laughs) like it um my my joints and and um in my knees and my hands just locked up so I couldn't move um so even going to the hospital I couldn't get into a car my dad had to like physically try and like 
put my body in a shape so that I could go in the car so that I could get to the hospital and uh-huh. um, we couldn't we didn't know so my body just needed to shut down in that time so that it could kind of heal itself but at oh. that time we didn't know what was going on so it just yeah. needed to stop in that time yeah oh, wow Whew. so with the lupus um now how do you how do you manage it okay um so as I said before in the last episode I told you guys about me having a transplant and that how that happened and then um in 2020 that failed um but since like the age of 18 19 since 19 since that that time my lupus has kind of gone into remission because a lot of the time they say when you've had a transplant the lupus kind of dies down a little bit um and it can flare up which it can do but it hasn't for me in a long time and I think that's because I've I've still been in stressful situations but I'm listening to my body a lot more so I can I've Mm -hmm. I've figured out when the triggers are coming for me to know actually you need to slow down now if you don't slow down you're going to be in a worse position so slow down um so just listening to my body is how I'm starting to manage that um listening to my body could be today I'm feeling tired so any appointments that I have I'm just going to have to cancel and listen to my body if I'm going to work I have to call in sick and take that day as a rest day so that I feel better and usually it just takes a day of me resting um and I'm back to being active and um, back in the swing of things so I think just learning to listen to my body at first I didn't know how to um but the more I just started to embrace my body like actually appreciate it and um notice what's going on with it that's when I started to feel like better in myself thank you for that um so what I wanted to ask was um you spoke about how you please others a lot Mm-hmm. um and now um as a result of having to take care of your lupus you you take care of yourself a lot more so has there been a shift in whereby you've decided to take care of yourself more and stop people pleasing to the level that you were before um has that also impacted your lupus um I would say yes it has I don't have any scientific proof <laughs> but um what I can say is since I have kind of dropped the oh someone wants me here at this time so I'm going to be here at this time and someone also wants me here 20 minutes later I'm going to also be there in 20 minutes after um and just like kind of chasing myself into situations um since I've stopped doing that I feel a lot better in myself um I feel a lot healthier in myself um and it's given me time to also cook good food and just learn how to enjoy food um because before I would just eat for the sake of eating but now it's more ah this feels good it feels nice to have this kind of um meal or this this time to just sit and relax and eat whereas before I'd probably be eating on the go or um not really taking the time for myself and learning to say no to a lot of things came as a huge like relief um for my body and they do say like your mind also frees up your soul also frees up and those all those things have been affected so much by me just saying no to things um not that I don't love those people that I'm saying no to it's just I need to learn to love myself enough 
so that when I am with them, I can give all of the all of me to them rather than giving uh I'm here, but I know I need to be somewhere in 20 minutes. So I'm not really here. How am I going to get to that place in 20 minutes? Um and I used to feel like I was cheating people after I realized what I was doing. I felt like I was cheating people from having all of me rather than just parts of me. Wow. And that's really ironic because when you spoke about your best friend in nursery, you felt like you were cheating her a little bit as well. So it was like almost like a self-fulfilling prophecy, like a vicious cycle that you were in. So what allowed you to break out of that? Because as much as I would love to believe that it was, you know, you getting getting lupus and then, oh, you've seen the light. What actually was the thing that made you say to yourself, I'm actually going to take more care of myself and put me first a lot more? Um. I had lupus since I was 14 and I didn't have this realization until I was 28 so a good 14 years um living this lifestyle um and what made me stop in my tracks um was even during the pandemic I was still doing it because I was I was um self-isolating because of my um condition and when I was self-isolating even though I was by myself I was trying to please my bosses I was trying to please friends I was trying to please people from church so I would be at work um like online at work doing work and then as soon as work is done I'd be I know that I'd have like a connect group that I need to be at so I would straight away go to connect group not drinking any water or doing anything and at that time in that workplace that I was in it was quite toxic in the sense that because they couldn't see me because everyone else was in the offices they couldn't see me they thought I wasn't doing work so they would give me more work to do and I felt obligated and needing to please them to do as all of that so that they know that I'm doing work so I'd, I'd work extra hours just to kind of make up for the work um that they were giving me but it was when I um when my body started to like deteriorate in that time I started getting rashes and I didn't know what those rashes were I just thought there was allergies or something um even though I hadn't changed anything my lifestyle I just thought there's something wrong but I'm not sure what it is and I kept on thinking externally 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 but really it was all internal stuff happening that I couldn't recognize because I didn't know my body well enough and when that hit and I ended up losing a gift that was given to me, which was my kidney. I was like, wait, if I was looking after myself, this would not have happened. Like if I had taken accountability of just saying no to my bosses and saying, no, I can't do that. That's, that deadline is ridiculous. Then I wouldn't be working those hours. I would have. And if I told people I can't lead a connect group this week because I'm not feeling up to it, I wouldn't have been doing extra work before connect group just to get into connect group to say what I needed to say and then like leave. So all those kinds of things and then meeting up with friends on Zoom because they wanted to meet up. It was all taken, 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 taken like away from me that I needed to stop. And my body started was giving me the signs, but I was not um, aware of those signs. So from then on, I realized, uh, 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 uh. I need to look after this body because it's it's got me to this point so far and I need it to get me to many more places. So I need to slow down and actually listen to it when it's talking to me because it was talking to me for a long time. And if I had maybe stepped in place earlier, those things wouldn't have happened. Like the aftermath wouldn't have been so severe if I just picked up the signs from the beginning. Wow. Wow. So what is one thing that you wish you would have known 
beforehand your body speaks to you it does really speak to you and even if you're not really aware of why what it's saying to you just learning to listen to to you what's going on and willing to actually ask people as well what's going on with my body because I had many signs and I just didn't know and when I spoke to the doctors they were like actually this this these were all signs that you were losing your kidney but like you didn't ask anyone you didn't so get help if you need the help to kind of find out so it's like listen to your body and if you don't know what it's saying ask for help from someone who does know what your body's saying wow so speaking of that then um what resources have helped you to be in a better place where you're able to ask for help and also take better care of yourself yes um so one resource that was absolutely crucial to me was knowing my Enneagram as soon as I knew my Enneagram type everything made sense (laughs) I know people say this a lot for a lot of stuff but when I found out my Enneagram type I realized oh my god there's a gap that I'm trying to fill by pleasing people and that is in turn affecting my body because I'm trying to feel this because I'm a two um and I love to help um which can be seen as very helpful in the sense but like if you're overdoing it and putting your needs aside for other people it's just not going to be helpful to anyone in the long term mm-hmm. um so when I found out my enneagram type I realized the hole that I was trying to fill which was I want to be I want to be um, loved by someone Um, Mm. and that kind of woke me up to be like oh but you believe in a God that loves you so why do you need external validation as well so from then on that's when I realized uh -uh, like it's okay I know like I know I'm loved by someone so why do I need to keep on chasing love and I also had to relearn the definition of love for me um and see love in everything rather than just in a relationship which was what I was chasing after um connection and relationship with people so if if it be at work or if it would be at church or if it be with a boyfriend or friends those kinds of things were all the things that I was trying to connect to but I had to realize I was already connected to a divine power that could actually help me through life and I didn't need those things those were extras and there was ways for me to show love to people and people to show love to me but it's Mm -hmm. I already have that love and that love is already in my life oh I love that so for those who don't know what is the Enneagram okay the Enneagram is nine um different types of people or types yeah um and they're all they're they all have their quirks and their positives um, and they all have like a hole that they're trying to fill. So mine, as I said earlier, was love. I was trying to feel like I needed love um, and I would do that in other ways as helping. Um, and then there's some people who who believe in justice um, and their thing is everything needs to be right or wrong. Um, so they're the ones. And then you have like the threes who are the um what are threes? Image bearers, I would say. They they like to they like image, they like how things 
look and feel, if I can say it. I'm not like an expert in it, but those are the bits that I've got from the course. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's also four who's the artistic ones. Um, you've got five who's the investigators. They like knowledge and that's their like the thing they feed off of. And then you've got um, six who prefer security um, and they like to feel secure and certain about things. Um, and then you've got the seven who are um, the kind of like people who love the fun and the um, fun and just excitement in life um, and chase after those things. And then you've got the eights who are the challengers who like to challenge different things in life um, and just understand why things are the way they are. They're a bit, you might see, see them as confrontational, but they're not confrontational. It's just they see things from a why, why, why kind of perspective um, to challenge people's ideas and, uh-huh. and things. Um, and then you've got the nine, who's the peacemaker, who kind of fills all of those energies and um, all of those kind of holes, a little bit of each one. But um, their one is coming from a place of peace. They just want peace in in the world. So it's kind of like they know they can feel all those things, but they try to just aim for peace um so yeah that's the 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 nine enneagram types um Mm -hmm. they're all connected as well so you can and we're all supposed to have a bit of each of those numbers in us um we're supposed to question things we're supposed to think things of as right and wrong we're supposed to want to help we're supposed to want excitement in life we're supposed to want to investigate things and know things all those things are things that are supposed to make us a whole person but a lot of the times we all gravitate to one or another in more than the others because those are like our superpowers oh wow so what motivates you and gets you up in the morning what motivates me personally what motivates me is knowing that I am still alive and that I have a purpose that I need to fulfill that purpose doesn't need to be huge. It just needs to be whatever God has asked me to do that day. Um, and he could tell me at like the beginning of the day, or he could tell me during the day, or he could t- tell me at the end of the day, but just l- learning to love in the, in that sense. Because as I said, my Enneagram is two and my whole would be a t- um, love. Um, so I would want to give that to other people and I feel like the reason I'm a two and wanting to help people is because I want people to feel loved and um the only way I can receive that love is if I if I believe that God's given me that love already so I can also give that overflow of love to someone else um so that they can also feel seen and heard in their in their world thank you so you speak about God a lot so um can you please tell me a little bit about what your faith is um at the moment I'm kind of struggling with my faith um I don't really I know there's a god I know there's a higher power but um to put myself in a category of religion I don't I don't know what my my religion would be because um at first I used to identify as a Christian um and I still believe in some of the teachings and some of the um and the bible and everything but there's something that stops me from believing that there's there's a god who loves all of us 
so much that he would send us to hell and I don't believe in that so there's kind of like a bit of a struggle there um and me trying to understand certain things about Christianity um but I do believe and know that there's I can't I couldn't be here if I didn't have faith in God because if I don't have faith in God I don't have that love and if I don't have that love why am I here um because I'm I'm supposed to be giving that love to people um so at the moment it's like a big question mark and I'm 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 exploring it and I'm being open to understand what that means to me um I just know that my work is to love and in order to do that I just have to be open with what he's telling me and what how I'm feeling about his love I know feelings aren't facts but I think when you when you're in tune with yourself and in tune with um a divine that makes it easier for you to to do life um because you're connected to something greater than you something that's um pushing you forward and helping you to understand yourself and why you're here um and the more you tune into that the more you realize who you are and why you're here who are you why are you here i am diona koto and i'm on this earth to love i love that so i'm going to switch things up a little bit now and ask what is your greatest fear my greatest fear would be knowing that i haven't i haven't poured love into into the life that i live um like if my life ended um and i met my maker and he says oh you didn't give all of yourself or you didn't give what I brought you on earth to do I think that would be my fear of oh my gosh like I didn't fulfill what I was supposed to fulfill um and that that scares me because I know a lot of the times in this moment I'm already in my own way um so because I have that fear it stops me from doing things but it also pushes me in some aspects of doing things because when I start to recognize this is your fear playing up. Um, I can quickly, um, quickly correct. Um, I, I can quickly understand, okay, this is just fear, but I can get through it. If I get through this fear, then I know that I'm doing something that is going to help someone else, or I know that it's beneficial in some way. Um, so I think, yeah, that fear drives me to do more things but sometimes I need to get out of that. I need to recognize the fear first. So how do you recognize the fear? If I feel like I am stuck, that's one, one sign. Another sign is um, if I feel like I'm not enough because I am enough. Um, that means it's fear talking. It's not love speaking, it's fear speaking. Yeah, I think those are the only two signs, really, when I, I feel like I'm not loved and when I feel like I'm not um, enough. Those two signs are the, the keys that I'm like, oh, this is fear. I need to step away from this and start living in my love rather than my fear. Love that. Wow. 
So on the flip side of that, what excites you the most about the next six to 12 months of your life? Oh, gosh. Okay. The next six to 12 months. In the next six to 12 months, I would have completed my counselling course um, and I would have been a qualified counsellor and I would be producing more content for Love Learns um, and having the time of my life learning and appreciating um, what the world has to offer. And that's what I'm most excited about, just being open to learn, being open to receive, being open to grow and just see myself flourishing um, in places where I know I'm I'm needed um, and I've been called to be. That's, that's, that's what I'm most excited about. I love it. Amazing. Um, so you spoke about how you've let a few things um go for the time being so for example you're not as focused on love learns because you're focusing more on yourself and um your studies at the moment how did you come to make that balance and then how are you continuing to balance everything um how did I make that choice um the the that balance came from me overstretching myself in the first place and then saying no 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 um, I realized what I was most passionate about, the things that were really hard to say no to, um, because there were things that weren't drive, driven by fear, but they were driven by love. Um, and there were things that I really wanted and knew that I had to do. And that's when I was like, okay, I can only concentrate my time and energy on so much um, in a day. So what things do I need to do? I need to make money in order to survive. So work took a a large portion of that. Um, And then I also knew that in order for me to move forward in my future with my counselling, I need to focus on my on my studies, which came as a bit of a a nudge nudge because I failed a paper and I was like, oh, no, 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 this is not happening. (laughs) I need to be here. So I need to do whatever I need to do. So I I just focused on that. and that kind of supports work also supports me to do my counseling and I know that when I do my counseling I'll have much more content for Love Learns because I'm learning so much in this season that all I can do is grow from it and if I'm growing how I can grow from that is by sharing what I've learned um, and helping people get through what they're going through so it's kind of like I needed to understand what is actually going to drive my my purpose and what is contributing to that purpose. And if it doesn't, I need to cut it. As hard as it's going to be, um, it needs to be cut. So my social life has suffered, but I know that the people that um, love me and care about me um, know, know my mission, know what I'm trying to do. So they know that it's just the season and with time I'm going to be with them so they understood and the people who didn't they quickly dropped off (laughs) and that was okay and it was okay for them to do that because my path isn't everyone's path and it's okay for me to go on it alone or me to go with selected few but I'm not 
deserting my path to please any, anyone else anymore. I love that. So what advice would you give to a woman who wants to go to her next level, but isn't sure where or how to start? Okay, if you're feeling stuck, just um, learn yourself. I'd say learn about you and what makes you what makes you tick, what makes you passionate, what makes you want to to move mountains. What are those things that actually drive you? Um, and when you've when you've spent that time with yourself, it can be just being still in a room or going for walks or doing things that just relax you, being in a state of relax. Um, just learn more about you, what, what your thoughts are saying, how they're feeling and question those thoughts as well. Like if there's certain things that keep on coming up, ask yourself, why does this keep on coming up for me? Why are these patterns keep on showing up? Um, and try and work out what you're doing to to create those patterns because those patterns have been created from some sort of subconscious um so i'd say learn from yourself something that really helped me to do that was going to therapy um it really opened my ideas and helped me see things in another light and get give me perspective um and sometimes we're choosing to stay stuck we're choosing to stay in our place and if you are choosing that how long are you going to stay there and how much is it hurting you in the future and how much is it hurting you now it's probably going to be more painful for you to stay where you are than you taking that first step of vulnerability and openness to to open open you from that stuckness like it just takes one step and when you take that step that step, trust me, is much easier than you staying where you are. Thank you. Thank you so much for that. Um, if you could step in my shoes, is there a question that I haven't already asked you that you would have liked me to? I think the only question that I can think of now would be, how would you define love? How would you define love? <laughs> um, <laughs> I would define love as everything. Love is everything and in everything. Um, you, everything that is negative in this world is because of a root that has come from fear. Um, and learning to hide that fear um, can only bring out your love a, a lot more. And I think if we define love as everything that is good for me is love um uh, anything that is happening to me is for my good so that means it's for my love um and is a growing um concept the more we see things like that i think the more we will live in our our greater purpose and we'll continue to grow in that thank you and finally what gives you a meant for more mindset um, I think what gives me a meant for more mindset is the imagination that I have. I think the the more I dream, the more I realize if I can dream it, I can do it. And the more I dream, the more I feel like I can be whoever I want to be. And there's no limits. And I, I've been taught that there are limits, but there aren't. 
And the more I pushed through those those fears, the more I pushed through those obstacles, those trials, the more I see how strong I am. And those things are just like weights in the gym. <laughs> They're just there to show me my muscle um, and, and help those muscles gain momentum. Um, and the more I do that, the more I realize that I'm meant for more. Oh, Dion, thank you so much. I just want to say thank you so, 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 so much. Thank you for your vulnerability. Thank you for your love. Thank you for your honesty. Thank you for your openness. Thank you for all that you are and everything that you continue to be. Um, thank you for just being so open and sharing so much because it's so important that um, as we pursue our dreams and our goals and the things that we want to achieve in life, we can sometimes forget why and the fact that you always come back to your purpose of love and um, your need to be of love to others and also receive from love from others is so amazing and I just want to say thank you so very much for being you thanks for having me again <laughs> you're so welcome please let our listeners know where they can connect with you online um you can connect with me on instagram um you can either go to lovelearns.com at love.learns.co or you can find me on um, my own Instagram which is dionzara22k um, and yeah you can find me on Facebook as well LinkedIn anywhere there's social media except for TikTok and um, Twitter brilliant thank you so so much okay guys that's it for this one thank you so much for listening and we shall see you in the next one take care bye Thank you so much for listening to this episode. For more about me, what I do, check out my website, nextlevelcoachinggroup.com, where you can also download my free Release Your Mindset Blocks guide. You can also follow me on Instagram at Next Level Coaching Group or on Facebook at Next Level Lounge. Please make sure you hit that subscribe button so you don't miss out on any upcoming episodes. And if you enjoyed this episode, please leave me a rating and review. Thanks. See you on the next one.